0: and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcaster Emily lured me into this weird apartment in Wisconsin and didn't tell me why. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. Hey Sarah, are you hungry? It's the cannibalism show! Oh my god. This is I was going to guess right off the top Jeffrey Dahmer because of that cold open but you you just went right you and you went for it. I wanted to do an overview because we don't do heavy hitters on this episode because people yell at us. <laughs> I tried to do HH H. Holmes once upon a time. Uh, no, we are talking about cannibalism. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> Yes, you may ask, why are we doing something so icky on this family-friendly show? <laughs> family-friendly. Well, it's not all Jeffrey Dahmer eating penises and Albert Fish writing recipe for boy butts. We are going to talk about that, of course, because of who we are as people. But I think the topic deserves more of a context in the form of like historical and cultural reasoning. For oh, cannibalism? You're gonna be a smart person about I'm gonna it. be a smart person about this and then we're gonna talk about the weirdos <laughs> then we're gonna talk about eating butts we're gonna talk about how Albert fish referred to uh penises as monkeys hmm he sounds like a cool dude and balls are peewees oh my god yeah so are you ready as ready as I'm ever gonna be also I I guess we should mention this is the the second part of the mystery episode. Yeah, thing. I had no idea coming in. Well, until you sent me that cold open and I thought you're doing Dahmer. Um, <laughs> no, this she's springing this on me this week. It's quite fun. Well, and I think part of our rules for the mystery setup was that we had to try to do something that the other person wasn't going to know anything about. Yeah. And I know you probably know some things about cannibalism, but I think you know more things about Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, yeah, generally speaking. I wonder what that says about me as a person. I mean, it says you're normal, I think, (laughs) at least in some terms. (laughs) So, uh, humans or human adjacents have been practicing cannibalism since before written history was even a glimmer in some ancient beings' eye. Um, Homo and... (laughs) I'm not laughing because I said homo. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm laughing because uh, Google Docs told me that I spelled adjacents wrong. How badly anyway, do you have to spell adjacent? St- okay. I think I made it plural when it's not supposed to be plural. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah. So Homo Antecessor. That's a thing. Antecessor. The last common ancestor between Neanderthals and modern humans relied on cannibalism regularly even when other food services were available. Uh, these humans would sometimes hold cannibal feasts with... Mem- cannibal feasts is a perfect name for a horror movie. Just I was to say, there's already a Cannibal Holocaust um cannibal feast with members of the rival groups on the menu (laughs) so they would i mean yeah if you're gonna dunk on them dunk on them (laughs) (laughs) why send a mean tweet when you can eat them (laughs) i have to assume that they regularly ate their enemies as like a a sign of domination and also not wanting to waste anything you know use the entire human well and especially before like I'm not going to say when we were uncivilized, but before, like, we had such, like, a close-knit society where you had things, like, I don't know. I'm going to get myself into trouble if I keep saying that, but I feel like there is a point where we were more, like, animal than humans, Before you know? religion really existed. Yeah. I'm also just a podcast host and not an anthropologist, and they didn't <laughs> cover this in Clan of the Cave Bears, so I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to make any sweeping, like, this is true uh, the remains of the victims were found alongside the bones of ancient bears, mammoths, foxes, and other animals that might have been used for food. So that's kind of where we got that from. They also had tool marks on the bones, but we're going to talk about that later. Uh, during periods of starvation, Neanderthals supplemented their diets with cannibalism. <laughs> you know, why, why is that funny? Uh, I was just thinking, you know, supplements, like you can find cannibalism right next to the slim fast. <laughs> You get in a little bottle of GNC. Yeah. Uh, In 1999, French paleontologists reported that a 100,000... Hmm. Let me start that over. In 19... I am so tired. (laughs) We got home from Real Big Fish at 1 a.m. Oh, boy. And that's a statement that I'm going to have to leave in this podcast. Well, you got to brag to everybody. I was out partying with Real Big Fish until 1 in the morning. The skanking could be heard for miles. Anyway, 1999, when ska was a thing. A French paleontologist reported that 100,000-year-old bones from six Neanderthal victims found in a French cave had been broken by other Neanderthals in such a way as to extract marrow and brains. Well. In addition, tool marks on the mandible and femur suggest that the tongue and thigh meat had been cut off for consumption. Well, that's the best stuff. Actually, we will find that uh, those are the best stuff. I mean, I imagine. Yeah. Chicken um, thighs are pretty good, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're actually... Isn't
0: that like the dark meat? uh, Yeah, chicken thighs are better than chicken breasts just because of the location and the musculature of the chicken, at least Mm -hmm. personally speaking. Some people prefer the breast. The cannibalism at that cave wasn't an isolated incident in prehistory. In the past decade, researchers have reported other evidence that Neanderthals continued eating each other until just before their disappearance. In one particularly grisly discovery at a cave in Spain, paleontologists discovered that an extended family of 12 individuals had been dismembered, skinned, and then eaten by other Neanderthals about 50,000 years ago. Yike. Yeah, Neanderthals meant business. Yeah, they did not fuck around. Do you pronounce the, pronounce the T-H in Neanderthal? Stuff you should know just in this episode, you don't. But they, they called them Neanderthals the whole time anyway. So. Neanderthals. <laughs> yeah, it you're sounds fine. dumb the other way. <laughs> anyway, uh, the earliest anatom- the earliest anatomically modern humans. The earliest anatomically modern humans in Europe 32,000 years ago practiced ritual cannibalism, according to a study published in 2011. Hmm. Newscaster voice. (laughs) The oldest evidence of cannibalism suggests that humans ate other humans not for nutritional purposes, but rather as a part of funeral rites, since the bones were not butchered like meat would be. Interesting. Wouldn't you still have to, like, kind of chop them up, though? I, I don't think it, I think it's more of a gentle flaying than it is a, like, hacking. Right. That's, like, yeah, that makes sense. I think this is, we're getting closer to, like, the advent of spirituality and religion and stuff, too. So they might be more precious about humans. Yeah, there's, it's less. Yeah. It's less. <laughs> <laughs> I I had, like, a whole thought and then I it just right in the air. Uh, the advent of siege warfare more than 5,000 years ago set off a race between the invaders who sought ever more damaging weapons and the defenders who built taller, stronger fortifications to fend off attack. Siege warfare was insane. Siege warfare sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just getting a whole but It's, it's uh, Game of Thrones. It's most yeah. of Game of Thrones, except no dragons <laughs> and better writing. Uh, caught in the middle stood the entire population of a city or town, sometimes for weeks, months, or even years. During that time, if cut off from outside supplies, city dwellers had to resort to extreme means of survival, including cannibalism. Now, back to Game of Thrones. I'd like to pitch an idea for the Season 7 remake that's apparently being tossed around. <laughs> um, This. They cut off everybody in the town from, like, food water, supplies, and just let them eat each other until they bend the knee. Do like a King's Landing siege? Yeah, that would have been... I feel like almost in the books there was some sort of siege storyline too. Not necessarily King's Landing, but somewhere else. It's like, I don't know why... Yeah, well, I don't know why the writers made a lot of the choices they made during Season 7 of Game of Thrones, but... We tend not to ask and just be happy that Kit Harington can go do other stuff now. Yeah, God bless him. Mm, Yes. Um, So, yeah, people would resort to cannibalism when all of their, you know, outside sources of food and everything were cut off. And I assume that they killed their livestock and burnt their crops and uh, hoped that the the ruler of the castle that they were sieging. Sieging? Sure. Sure. Committing siege against, um, in hopes that they would break and surrender instead of let their people eat each other. But not everyone is not a shitty human. Mm Mm-mm. Uh, The victims of a siege weren't always the ones who had to resort to cannibalism to survive. Uh, Following the siege of Marat in 1098, the crusaders, short on supplies, turned to the dead bodies of the vanquished Muslims for their source of food. As you do. As you do. Uh, Sidebar, have you seen that new King Arthur? Not King Arthur. Well, that was a good one too. Robin Hood. No. I mean, it's not amazing, but I would recommend it. I think Sadie watched it and had thoughts so ask Sadie. We got to let Tara Negreden shine <laughs> in his weird hooded leather medieval hoodie. Non-medieval. I don't know. Um, I, I guess that was like super on purpose. It was kind of cool from a costume standpoint. I, you know, just super big sidebar, but eh. the whole an- anachronistic like modern dress in historical movies like that has never bothered me. It doesn't bother like, me. They're just doing a thing like... Let rain be rain, let it be the CW show. I really don't care what the dresses are like. The history isn't the point anyway. <laughs> yeah, this was I don't know. I thought it was it was a story that happens. Like that wasn't the high point. <laughs> it was it being shot like an action movie. This is very I it just reminded me cuz the crusades and shit, but yeah. No one got up Robin Hood men in tights ass about it. <laughs> Well, let's see. And I feel like it took the story exactly as seriously. Like, it was just a framework in which to tell a story. And from what I've heard of the reviews, they didn't do a good job of that anyway. But, like, getting mad about, like, the costumes is so, like, low on the list. I was talking to someone today, and she was, like, talking about the Cats trailer and stuff, which, like, whenever something new like this comes out, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm going to be like, okay, someone's going to like it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't care I don't care I so I have no problem with the cats trailer I think it's gonna be a weird movie and it's a weird musical and it fits fuck it this um, is my episode I'm gonna have my thoughts um <laughs> I, but but also like I do enjoy all the dunking on the cats trailer because it's mostly pretty fun yeah it's the the vibe that I'm getting from most people who are making fun of like how they look and their costuming and stuff have never seen any pictures of the actual stage play because they are cat colored body suits oh my god it's just as horrifying yeah there's no nipples on it it would be worse if there were nipples on it (laughs) it would be so much worse remember when they gave batman nipples you don't want nipples on anything that's my favorite batman movie not because of nipples (laughs) it's an uma thurman reasoning however i was gonna say was it the back credit card or (laughs) yes um Also the best version of Bane. Tom Hardy can eat my butt. Um, (laughs) No, I think it's going to be fine. Uh, Yeah, It'll be a movie. They're going to tweak the facial stuff. Like, calm down. I would also imagine that the CGI isn't 100% complete. No, it's not coming out in November. Uh, And like I said on Twitter, I am fine with Taylor Swift being in it. If I can trust anybody to be super dedicated to being a convincing cat, I think it's going to be Taylor Swift. (laughs) I think, yeah, that's right in her ballpark. So We're talking I, about yeah, cannibalism. We are talking <laughs> about cannibalism. I just... <laughs> Look, we had to get the cat's thing off I, our chest. I had to get it out. Oh, And, and that Robin Hood stuff. During the Crusades, sometimes the, they would eat the Muslims for food. It's not great. Yeah. None of this is great. None of this... Yeah. I get it. Like, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, but it's still grim. Yeah. Uh, up until the Middle Ages, cannibalism was primarily used as a nutritional supplement, as we, you know, have discussed. Um, starting around the 12th century, the practice of incorporating human remains into medical remedies was common practice. Yeah, that... And oh, it was yeah, gross. I was going to say, there is a whole episode about lore, on lore about this. Author Richard Sugg uh, posed the question, or said, uh, the question was not, should you eat human flesh, but what sort of flesh should you eat? <laughs> Kind of the the motto of 12th century uh, medical practitioners. The answer was, at first, Egyptian mummies, which were crumbled into tinctures to staunch internal bleeding. This went on for a while, didn't it? We had so many more mummies that we could have studied for, like, historical reasons, but we ate them all (laughs) to stop internal (laughs) bleeding. Oh, my God. Other parts of the body soon followed. Skull was one common ingredient taken in powdered form to cure head ailments. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Willis, a 17th century pioneer of brain science, brewed, a, brewed a drink for apoplexy or bleeding uh, that mixed powdered human skull and chocolate. Delicious. Mm. King Charles II of England sipped, quote, The King's Drops, my least favorite Colin Farrell move. Not Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. That would have been a really good joke if I had just gotten my Colin straight. Whatever. Anyway, he sipped uh, the King's Drops, uh, which was his personal tincture containing human skull and alcohol. I imagine there was probably very little taste to it. I imagine it was kind of gritty, though, right? Especially, like, mixed with chocolate? Yeah, well, especially because they were probably grinding it with, like, a mortar and pestle. Yeah, like, it's not, like, a fine grinder... No, that's it's, yeah. Unpleasant. It's probably like gritty, and you had to swirl it before you threw it back. It's kind of like Metamucil, in texture wise. I think. Yeah, yeah, that would track. And I also imagine it isn't like modern chocolate that actually tastes good. It's like old chocolate that is not sweet. And I don't know. I think this might have been around the time because uh, we, the white people, had already invaded uh, <laughs> South America. South America, and we kind of like figured some shit out. It probably still wasn't good chocolate. No. Even the quote-unquote toupee of moss that grew over a buried skull became a prized additive. Yes, toupee I, of moss. I, I know this is an audio medium, but just the look on my face right now, I really wish you could see it. <laughs> Toupée of moss. And the listeners, oh boy. Um, Its powder was believed to cure nosebleeds and possibly epilepsy. Did it? No. No. <laughs> Human fat was used to treat the outside of the body. German Ugh. doctors, for instance, prescribed bandages soaked in it for wounds and rubbing fat no. into the skin was considered a remedy for gout. No. Yeah, have you ever seen human fat? Oh my god, that's just, no. Have you seen Fight Club? I, oh my god. Like I can see um rubbing into the skin like fine. That's still gross, but like putting it in bandages that had to be so unsanitary. N- just, like, human fat? oh My dude. There was nothing sanitary about this time period. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing was ever I know they clean. had no concept of sanitation at this point. Like, it took until mid-1800s before they figured out germs were a thing. But, oh my god. The only clean things during this time period was, like, rainwater that had recently been boiled. <laughs> uh Blood was procured as fresh as possible. While it was still... Uh, while it was still thought to contain the vitality of the body. Not because it congeals and gets all, like, goopy, but... uh, This requirement made it challenging to acquire. I can imagine. You kind of have to uh, get that right off the bat. You have to get in real good with the executioner is what you have to do. Yeah. The 16th century German-Swiss physician Periclesis believed blood was good for drinking, and one of his followers even suggested taking blood from a living body. Vampires? Um, I mean, yes. (laughs) Sorry, it's just like, well, at least that wouldn't kill the person. It's true. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, you could. 16th century bloodletting. Yeah, you'd have to be careful, and I don't think they were being careful. While that doesn't seem to have been a common practice, the poor, who couldn't always afford the medicines sold in apothecaries, could gain the benefits of cannibal medicine by standing at executions, paying a small amount for a cup of the still, warm blood of the condemned. Oh my god, oh, could you just imagine, uh oh. For those, I should have done a, like a warning at the beginning of this episode. Well, okay, if you it's titled tap on an episode called Cannibalism and you're mad at the content, it's a you problem. For those who preferred their blood cooked, a 1679 recipe from a Franciscan apothecary describes how to make it into marmalade. Oh, do you, I would love to hear that recipe, Emily. Do you have it? I do not have that recipe. Damn. I have to assume it's cook the blood with oranges and sugar. <laughs> yep. Metallic. Uh, Yeah, I think... In this case, you would just use blood in the place of the water. Yeah, probably. Making marmalade's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's all of the uh, the chopping of the orange peel. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not interested. Uh, the use of That's corpse. A lot of work <laughs> for something I can buy in a store. Yes, yeah, so I assume you eat a lot of marmalade? <laughs> yes, all the t- No. Paddington made his own marmalade. Well, Paddington is a fictional cartoon bear. Is he? Yes, Emily. (laughs) Or is he like Batman is to Bruce Wayne, where Ben Wishaw just turns into a tiny bear in (laughs) a duffel coat? Yeah, that's what I thought. Was he in the Paddington movies? Ben Wishaw is Paddington. Oh, oh, he does the voice. That makes sense. That's why he's so gentle and sweet. Aw. Yeah. Paddington is one of the best movies that's come out in the last 10 years. Fight me about it. Mm Hmm. (laughs) The use of corpse medicine started to fall out of favor in the 16th century, but remained in use until the late 18th century, which, in my opinion, is far too long. That's way too late. At what point did people, like, figure out, like, this doesn't work? Uh, I mean, I would highly recommend listening to Sawbones, where an actual doctor knows more about this than I do, but... Yeah. It's kind of... Does Sabons do an episode on this? I feel like this whole episode has just been us talking about other podcasts. but <laughs> Other podcasts, movies that may or may not be good. <laughs> um, I, they, I'm i pretty sure in their vast catalog, they have something about corpse medicine. This is merely a station stop on the rail line to, you know... Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> no, I think just from my limited podcast host, not an anthropologist or a medical historian... Um, it was just trial and error. So we tried it and then eventually we were like, this might not be working as much as possible. And then after a hundred years of error. Well, and then we started cutting people open and seeing how shit worked. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, the humors aren't real. Uh, uteruses don't travel around the body. And Shh, spoiler alert. <laughs> and you can't use powdered head to make your brain swell less. Like <laughs> it, it was just a lot of literally poking around in some parts of africa a similar but much more quote unquote severe practice of corpse medicine still occurs with albinos in particular being murdered and butchered for magical protections and remedies i have heard this yeah uh when jesuits uh, fucking jesuits sorry aren't the jesuits like the cool chill priests maybe maybe i'm thinking of someone else maybe i'm thinking the franciscans I don't know. I always th- I always thought that like the Jesuits were very uh just yeah, for lack of a better word, chill. They were the the cool uncles of the yeah, priest world maybe. I don't know. Uh when Jesuits encountered the Iroquois, Mohawk and other tribes, they noted with surprise and disgust that these Native American groups practiced cannibalism. Get the fuck off your high horse. You eat some guys I was gonna body say. and blood. Uh <laughs> <sighs> Uh, eating human flesh wasn't simply an experience that they had, it was a part likely part of a ritual aimed at strengthening the tribe or humiliating an enemy. Yeah, so, so like, so was this back to like eating the enemies? Yeah, I, I think it went um, between like our greatest warrior has died in battle, we will eat his body and take on his powers, kind of like mm-hmm. S- uh, Siler in Heroes. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he ate people. Siler eat people? I think Siler ate brains to take on their powers. Interesting. I I never watched Heroes. I watched (laughs) a season and a half of Heroes, and then I just kind of fell off. But I'm pretty sure that Siler would eat other gifted people's brains so he could acquire their powers. And then he hung out with Kirsten Bell a lot. Kirsten Bell was on that show? Yeah, girl. Wow. I miss so much. I know. Me too. Anyway, so it was partially that and partially, like, I guess in different Native American cultures, it could either be that or it could be, oh, fuck you, we killed you in war, we're going to eat you. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it probably wasn't, like, across the board. No, the, you can't have both. Do, do, do. Uh, the same held true for Central and South American tribes, such as the Aztec or the Inca, who engaged in cannibalism as part of a sacrificial religious right. I should. This paragraph is usually something that we hear at Afternoonified, we put at the very beginning of the episode, but... Historically speaking. The word cannibal first entered the English language in the mid sixteenth century by means of <laughs> the word dictionary <laughs> defines cannibalus. Uh, first entered the English language in the mid sixteenth century by means of Spanish explorers. It derives from the Spanish word cannibalus. Cannibalus I Sure. Sure. Uh, just you gotta just say it like you know it. Cannibal. No one's gonna tell you differently. No, oh, they will <laughs> though. Uh cannibalis. <laughs> Cannobalous? Cannobalous. Uh, which was used by Columbus in his diaries to describe the indigenous people of the Caribbean Caribbean islands who were rumored to be eaters of human flesh. In his diaries, it is clear Columbus didn't initially believe the rumors. Well, Columbus was also a fucking idiot, so yeah, Columbus is a Columbus sucks. Dip. Uh, but as with most things that Columbus did, the name stuck. Yeah, well. Cannibal that's... became a popular, t- popular is a loose word, a term to describe people in the <laughs> new world. Interesting. Okay. It was certainly sexier than the Greek and then Latin word anthropophagi, Which I imagine no one else could pronounce. <sighs> anthropophagy. Which a it's kind of catchy. Which a 1538 dictionary defines as people in Asia which eat spelled E A T E men. E A T E. Why the extra E? Because it's 1538. People were extra back then. Clearly. I'm just gonna start adding E to all my words. <laughs> uh, because there's evidence that colonists exaggerated accounts of cannibalism in the New World. Some scholars have argued that all cannibalism reports in the colonies were fictitious. But the balance of evidence suggests some reports were true, namely from human blood proteins found in fossilized feces at American Southwest sites to firsthand reports from reliable sources about cannibal practices among uh, Mesoamerican Aztecs and ancient Brazilians. I like how there are some scholars out there who are like, this isn't true. And that's not true. It all must be bullshit. Yep. Yeah, that tracks. It's the human blood proteins found in fossilized shit in the Southwest that really (laughs) just... mm. So my big takeaway from this episode is that cannibalism happens a lot more than we would think. Well, we're going to start getting more modern here in a a minute, so... Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just going to wrap up the historical portion of the episode. Actually, it's all technically historical. Like, there's not current cannibalism that i'm going to be talking about (laughs) today i had a human tongue for lunch and (laughs) tongue is gross it's too chewy cow tongue at least wouldn't recommend i i haven't tried it wouldn't want to uh even at corpse medicines peak when you know (laughs) everyone was drinking blood two groups were demonized for cannibalistic behaviors that were considered savage and unholy let me guess was it foreigners just wait one was catholics whom Protestants oh. condemned for their belief in transubstantiation, which is—I mean, that's fair—which is the bread and wine taken during communion through God's power being changed into the body and blood of Christ, uh, which yeah, they thought was actually happening in the Middle Ages. Well, I think technically they still actually believe it now. I think it's more metaphorical now. But... Like we know that magic isn't real, <laughs> but back in the day, they actually did think that it was turning into Christ's body and blood, like in their stomachs. Like when the priest was doing the consecration. Mm. It might not look like it, but it was. Have we talked about how nasty communion wafers are? Okay. You want to hear a confession? Oh, please. I really like communion wafers. Maybe you guys are getting a different kind like... in the Midwest. Are you getting like nacho cheese communion wafers? Or We are not, though that's a great idea and you <laughs> should uh, trademark that. Um, I just have like a thing. I like things that really don't have any taste. Just as, like, like a, we mouth, had, a mouth experience? Yeah, I don't know. It's That sounds so weird, and it is pretty weird. But, like, stuff that's just very lightly flavored, I'm a big fan of. I don't know. It always just tasted like cardboard. I'm thinking just, like, a pinch of salt. It might have helped. Salt to spice up your Jesus? Yeah. I want a salted lord. <laughs> salted lord and spicy garlic lord. Ooh, spicy garlic lord. Yeah, maybe, like, a sweet Thai chili. <laughs> Cool Ranch. Oh, I know. The church can hold one of those online contests where people come up with different flavors for the host, and then we all vote. And the three that... (laughs) And then Hitler wins. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, Southern Chicken and Waffles Flavored Lord. (laughs) I would vote for Cool Ranch. Or or like Prime Rib Flavored Lord. (laughs) Oh boy, I really hope God isn't real, because we're definitely going to hell. Eat of this, for it is my body... And it tastes like righteous, righteous nacho cheese. Drink of this, for it is my blood. It's a 1998 Cabernet Sauvignon. Ooh. Yeah, right? <laughs> only the best wine for the Lord from a date that probably isn't good for wine, but it's the only year that I could pull up in my head. <laughs> it sounds fancy. 1998. Sure. It's, it's like old, but it's not like so old it's comically old. That's like 21 year old wine. That wine I mean, could the... drink itself legally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Catholics caught a lot of shit because they swore that right, they were eating the, the transubstantiation. The, yeah, 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 thing. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the other group was Native Americans because. Well, yeah, I figured as much. Negative stereotypes about them were justified by the suggestion that they practice cannibalism. Which, despite the fact that the people making fun of them, well, not making fun of them, like, persecuting them for these beliefs, uh, off were from a drinking religion. Yep. human blood yep. like a century before. Yep. It, it's all kind of shitty. People are the worst. A tribe in, I believe, New Guinea, uh, the Korowai tribe, is among the last known consumers of human flesh, known as long pig in cannibal folklore. According to Australian journalist Paul Raphael, who spent time with the tribe in 2006, when a member when a tribe member dies due to mysterious circumstances, most often disease, the Korowai believe that person to have succumbed to a witch. In order to counteract the effects of the witch, uh, magically eating the deceased from the inside out, the tribal custom dictates members have to consume the flesh of the dead as a kind of revenge. Against the witch? Against the witch that is eating their... A uh, family member, tri-member from the inside out. Okay. Which, sure. I guess, technically, if you want to think about it in abstract terms, disease is a witch. This is very true. That'd make a good t-shirt. <laughs> disease is a witch. No, that's... Mm-hmm. I feel like we could spin this off into a t-shirt somehow. We'll workshop it. A little um, bacteria. You know, like, they have those little stuffed animals that are shaped like bacteria and hey, like viruses. Yeah, yeah. One of those, but with, like, a witch hat on it, <laughs> Like a cancer cell wearing a witch hat. Sure, I'll work on it. Um, I was gonna ask if you, you have seen Green Inferno, but I can almost guarantee you have not seen Green Inferno. Um, I've read the Wikipedia synopsis of Green Inferno. <laughs> good callback. Good callback to last last episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Hmm. That's a film. That's a film that I watched <laughs> when they stuffed that guy full of weed, and then when they went to go cook him, and then all of the tribe people got stoned even though that's not really how that works <laughs> and then they ate Juni from the uh spy kids hell of a ride uh it doesn't mean cannibalism always follows a natural death it doesn't mean all cannibalism follows a natural death sorry that's how it goes sometimes they murder them for their meat uh tribesmen also kill rivals and consume them in a ritualistic fashion As they do. In 2012, authorities in Papua New Guinea charged 29 members of one tribe with the deaths of seven witch doctors. The cannibals believed that by eating the witch doctor's organs, they would be imbued with supernatural powers. I mean, it checks out. I get it. It checks out, I guess. Yeah. I've said this a lot this episode, but that tracks. Yeah. I would love to see (laughs) the- I can see the logic in a lot of this. I would love to see the courtroom sketches from that trial, though. (laughs) Uh, So anyways- uh, People, Europe in particular, have had a very hypocritical relationship with cannibalism over the years. Oh, yeah, real. So, I mean, it's still a bad thing. So, I guess we like we picked a side, and that's good. So, but I mean, fairly recently we picked that side. Yeah, I don't know. In the I, grand scheme of human history, I mean, you went back what thirty two thousand years? Uh, like a hundred thousand years, I think. Yeah, and it was in the last three hundred that we decided not to eat people. So. Before we get into modern cannibalism, I have a thought that I would like to express after learning about this. Um, Cannibalism is bad (laughs) in terms of like domering it, where you are killing an unwilling victim to eat them. But in the case of Neanderthals, uh, tribes in Papua New Guinea, these are people who believe More like the cultural belief. The cultural belief or the spiritual belief that cannibalism is the way to go and everyone agrees to it and no one is, like, murdered for their meat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, cannibalism is shitty when it's, like, some old guy from the 1900s, like, roasting a little boy's butt. (laughs) But if it's a tribe in Papua New Guinea where everyone kind of knows what they're getting into and they have very strict beliefs about it, like, that's none of our fucking business. Yeah, and, like, reasons for, like... There's reasons behind it that aren't just I'm gonna eat a dude.
1: Yeah, yeah and
0: I'm cool. with I'm it. very against us eating mummies just for the <laughs> like just for the historical destruction. Don't eat mummies, guys. Don't eat mummies. You're the reason that we don't have a ton of them left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. My cat's gonna put her butthole in my face. Hi, Lucy. You just gonna check out the receipts folder? All right. Uh, you save your receipts? Uh, Travis does because he is an independent contractor right very interesting stuff for our podcast <laughs> next week we teach you how to do your taxes <laughs> actually i think i pitched that as a mini-sode idea really how do taxes work oh boy i would love to see you try and fit that into like a 15 minute mini-sode like how to also oh spoiler alert because this is going to air before oh, we shit. announce this <laughs> uh Shh. And i didn't say anything um more recent cases of survival cannibalism, you say? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk I'd love about to it. I about this cannibalism. You're also going to find out why I said I couldn't do a topic. Uh, the Donner <laughs> Party left Independence, Missouri, in 1846 with 87 members. They arrived in California with 48 members. Oops. Uh, The group spent the winter of 1846 to 1847 snowbound in the Sierra Mountains in Nevada after making an unfortunate decision to attempt a new route to California called Hastings Cutoff. Never, never try anything new. No, especially when the person who's telling you to do it has not been that route. He just says it looks shorter on a map. Yes, because maps in 1850, super reliable. Especially when that route takes you through the great salt flats (sighs) it's just so many poor decisions right in a row yeah Uh, many of them anyway many of them froze or starved to death during nearly four months between being trapped in november and the first relief arriving in february um i am not gonna talk about them anymore because i will do a full episode about them the long and short of it is they did have to resort to cannibalism to keep themselves alive. Um, I think in most 99 case, 99% ninety nine of the cases, uh, the people died of starvation or uh, freezing. Yeah, they weren't like well drawing straws and killing a person. Well, there's one dude who may or may not have killed some people to eat them. In his name. I don't remember right now, but he's a real sack of shit. Uh, I was going to make a joke, but all I could think was Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's like, no, you're actually going to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. His name is Jeffrey Dahmer, senior, senior, senior. <laughs> the Dahmer settled in Wisconsin. Actually, I think Dahmer was from a different state. Uh, the opposite way that they were going. Um, yeah, so... It was it was very much a survival thing and the people were already dead. And I'm not saying it's chill and I'm not saying these people shouldn't have been haunted for the rest of their lives because they ate their own mothers and wives and stuff. But, you know, I get it. You But you do what you got to do. Yeah. Um I'm not going to cannibal shame people. <laughs> well, I will cannibal shame Dahmer. Uh, but there there will be some people thing. later that you will absolutely be able to cannibal shame. Don't worry. I was going to say, survivor cannibalism, completely different, like, bucket of... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, famine in the USSR in the 1920s and 1930s claimed millions of lives and forced survivors to turn to cannibalism. Um, that's all I have on that. This is just instances. instances? You're just grown, <laughs> going down the Wikipedia list of incidents of cannibalism? Uh, survival cannibalism, yeah. Uh, the Great Leap Forward in China, which caused the Great Chinese Famine, which Oof, yeah. um, similarly took a toll on, in the tens of millions and led many to rely on eating the dead for survival... Um, and then when famine struck north korea in the 1990s under the regime of king king wow emily kim jong-il you know the shitty er one um they're both pretty shitty yeah uh, the whole family's shitty uh anyway tourists arriving uh reported they witnessed instances of cannibalism why you would want to tour uh north korea in the 1990s or at any point is Uh, beyond me but uh yeah they reported that they were resorting to cannibalism kind of a bummer Mm. continue oh it's about to get worse oh yay it always does uruguayan air force flight 571 (gasps) also called the miracle of the andes yep was an airplane chartered by uruguayan by a uruguayan is that how you pronounce that yeah Uruguayan. it just looks weird there's a lot of u's in that word Um, Anyway, it was chartered by an amateur rugby team, and it crashed in the Andes mountain in Argentina on October 13th, 1972. The wreckage of which was not located for more than two months. Yike. Yike indeed. Of the 45 people aboard the plane, only 16 survived. The incident garnered international attention after it was revealed that the survivors had resorted to cannibalism. What else are you going like to cure in a mountain? In the resulting media frenzy, the survivors revealed that they had been forced to commit cannibalism to... I just said that. I'm good at writing notes. Uh, this admission caused backlash until one of the survivors claimed that they had been... This is bananas. Uh, that they had been inspired by the Last Supper in which Jesus gave his disciples bread and wine that he stated were his body and blood. This seemed to calm everybody down. That's fucked up. Why? Like, the the, the reaction was that, was as it is. Like, I understand, like, it's salacious, but, like, don't... Yeah, Yeah, why... Don't cannibal shame people. Why making it religious calm them down and not the obvious instinct to survive, as well as getting... Well, also, it was South America in the 70s. Okay, fair. Uh, But it was also revealed that they had agreed that if one of them died, the others could eat them. And it was very difficult for these people. Yeah, no one like loves to eat their friends. Well, (laughs) well, (laughs) most there is an exception to every rule. I think I'm having problems reading because I'm so excited to talk about shitty people. (laughs) All right, it's time. Oh God, are you starting with fish? I hate.
1: No, don't worry, I'm not starting with fish.
0: Oh, so I get to continue dreading that segment yeah it's like a performance review <laughs> you know it's coming you're prepared for it you're still not gonna like it when it happens okay so we're gonna start by clearing the air of some horrible horrible internet rumor farts oh boy Ed Gein was not a cannibal he just liked crafts <laughs> unless you count that's the pull quote for this episode for sure <laughs> Uh, he wasn't a cannibal unless you count maybe using a human bowl, a human skull for a bowl to eat pork and beans out of, but I have it on good authority that he just ate them out of the can. So <laughs> I don't think that counts. <laughs> what good authority? Do you know how Ed Gein ate his beans? <laughs> uh, Harold Schechter's book, uh, Deviant? No, I think Deviant's the Albert Fish one. Um... It's a book about Ed Gein by renowned author Harold Schechter. That's how I know he ate pork and beans out of the can. Okay. Also, Ed Gein talked a lot. Oh, is he one of those that... No, he wasn't one, like, uh, that shitty, dumpy-ass dude from uh, Mindhunter, but he, you know, he told everybody everything. Right, like, as he confessed, he just kind of, like, word vomited everything i mean like... once you give a man a slice of apple pie topped with a piece of cheese he will tell you anything <laughs> i mean why wouldn't you yeah at that, that point? sounds really good oh all right um ed kemper also not a cannibal uh he more than likely lied ed kemper was the dumpy shithead i was talking about yeah uh, ed kemper probably lied about cooking a woman's thigh meat into a macaroni casserole so no worries i would say he did uh, other things right he fucked some heads yeah, that that's what I was thinking of. He fucked some heads. He his mom's head specifically. Uh, oh boy, that's <laughs> I would I can imagine there's like a psychologist out there who's like, I can't wait to just unpack this. And they did. They did a lot. Uh Jeffrey Dahmer was a cannibal. Correct. As we have mentioned multiple times, he's the most famous one that's real. Hmm. Uh, when police raided his apartment in July of 1991, uh, happy twenty eighth anniversary! Actually, yesterday was the day that they uh, arrested Jeffrey Dahmer twenty July twenty second. Yeah, twenty eight years ago. And you celebrated with Real Big Fish and Bowling for Soup. <laughs> was Bowling for Soup opening for Real Big Fish? You know, they did kind of like a co headlining thing, but Real Big Fish did oh, okay. technically get a longer set. But there were more people there for Bowling for Soup. Okay, interesting. I've never heard of Real Big Fish. Oh, girl. They're fun. They're they're a real fun ska band from like the mid '90s. Oh, Okay. Um, they do a cover of uh Take on Me that's super fun. Uh, ba-ba-ba. yes. In July 1991, uh, police found various body parts from his 17 victims, such as severed heads, heads, arms, and torsos stored in his freezer. Dahmer later admitted to eating the thighs, hearts, and organs of many of his victims. And I think I've... some other good all bits. the good bits. I think I've mentioned it on this show before. That Jeffrey also had several severed human penises um, that... I'm afraid about what you're going to tell me. You know how you give babies a pacifier when they're upset? <laughs> it was like that. Are you still with me? <laughs> and he painted a lot of them white because uh, the vast majority majority of his victims were... Um, of Eastern or uh, African American descent, and he was racist. Well, I mean, maybe it hasn't really been a huge talking point in terms. I was going to of- say, this is Emily. This is a detail about Jeffrey Dahmer that I didn't oh, well. know, and now I have to know um, it. I, I don't think he was like racist in the way that like an uncle is racist. <laughs> Um, he definitely, pre- but he just preferred white penises. He preferred white penises, but he preferred the, tor. He was obsessed with torsos, so he preferred because a lot. Of, hmm. He liked a hairless chest, and you get that more often with black and Asian folks. Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento, <laughs> was a cannibal. Uh, he murdered six people and drank their blood, stole their organs, and made smoothies with the remains, including the brains of a twenty-two-month-old baby. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, that's that's just a downer. Yeah, he was uh, severely mentally yeah, ill. Yeah, he he didn't think he had enough blood in his body because he couldn't get a boner. Um, yeah, he was he thought messed His, up his, in his the feet were all backwards. I think. Anyway, I, I what was he diagnosed as? Uh I Did he have I don't a... remember the Wait. exact diagnosis. I think okay. I talked about him in our Pika episode with Albert Fish. I also talked about Albert Fish because Albert Fish liked to <sighs> eat the poo poo pee pee <clears throat> Pika has come up in the recent uh season of Luther. No shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh I know what that is because of the podcast I'm on. <laughs> yeah, that was a good episode. That was it was a weird episode. I definitely shoehorned Richard Chase into that. I think Richard Chase was schizophrenic (laughs) and he also had Menards? Renards. Renards syndrome? Who's the the guy from Dracula? Dracula? Anyways, I think it's Renard. Continue on your list of cannibals. Mm, I don't know if you're going to want me to. Albert Fish, among his many, 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 many other things, was... A great enjoyer of human meats. Yes, he was. Uh, he graced us all with his recipe for boy ass, which I... This is going to be a gold star paragraph. Um, oh, I would just boy. like to say I do not find the fact that he murdered children funny. It is not funny. He is a monster. But the phrasing of this is weird enough to be humorous. Good way to catch it. Please continue. Uh... <laughs> I cannot find the exact full quote because I didn't feel like listening to that episode of last podcast on the left another eight times to get the rest of it. Uh, But just know that he put bacon and onion on a small boy's behind and roasted it with homemade gravy and then said, and I quote, In about two hours, it was nice and brown, cooked through. I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as his... Sweet, fat, little behind did. I ate every bit of the meat in about four days. Ugh. His little monkey was sweet as a nut, but his peewees I could not chew. Mmm. I don't like it. No. Um, in interviews with the police, Fish detailed another recipe. I made a stew out of ears, nose, pieces of his face, and belly. This is the same boy. Ugh. I put onions, carrots. Carrots, turnips, celery, salt, and pepper. So anyway, that's that monster. Are we done talking about? We're Alper done Fish talking now? about Albert Fish. I'm also going to stop my cat from a uh, bapping the. Oh, I so say, I can hear the little tap yep. tap 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 tap. Uh, but yes, we are done with Albert Fish. Thank God. I didn't want to get too into it because there's a lot of information very easily available about him, but he's also like also oh, it's just it's a lot. Yeah, I couldn't not bring it up. I mean, no, I, I get mean, it. I could have also not done this episode about cannibalism, but here we are. <laughs> I thought about just doing the Donner Party and was like, no, 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 no. I've committed to this. <laughs> also, I have to read a book. All right. So, um, some lesser known Ooh, uh, cannibals. Some obscure cannibals <laughs> that only true indie kids will know. Drangle Vargas is known as the Hannibal Lecter of the Andes. Andes are just a fucked up place for... Lots of eating people in the Great 80s. Mince, though. Uh, he was confined... Confi- <laughs> <laughs> he was confined to a mental hospital in 1995 after the remains of a missing man were found in his home, but Vargas was released two years later. Of course he was. In 1999, police in San Cristobal, um, Venezuela, again found human remains in Vargas's possession. This time, at least 10 skulls and fresh entrails were found. Vargas admitted eating the bodies but denied murder charges saying that the bodies were given to him. This statement led to conjecture that Vargas was being used to cover up an organ trafficking operation. Uh, Vargas was homeless and already and already known to be mentally unstable. During an interview Vargas claimed that eating people was like eating pears. Vargas is confined to a mental institution. I hope so. Da, da, da. Born in Japan in 1949, Issei Sagawa... Ex- oh, I've heard of this Yeah, guy. this guy's a real piece of shit. Uh, ...experienced cannibalistic urges at a young age. In an interview with Vice News, trusted news source, uh, Sagawa <laughs> describes looking at his elementary school classmates and longing to eat their flesh, stating that he became obsessed with eating, quote, tall, healthy-looking Western woman, unquote, due to an inferiority complex because he was a tiny, 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 tiny man. <laughs> At age 27, Sagawa moved to Paris to study at uh, Sorbonne, where he later met classmate Renee Hartfelt, uh, who was Dutch, I believe, uh, Yeah, I believe and persuaded so. her to come back to his apartment to translate poetry for him. There, Sagawa shot and killed Hartfelt, raped her corpse, and ate parts of her body over the next several days. <sighs> he claimed that he didn't have the proper knives at home and had to go out and purchase a long, thin meat knife. He tried using a fruit knife on her to begin with. Come on. I know, right? Get it together. Uh, Sagawa, later nicknamed the Paris Cannibal, Creative, was eventually caught and deported to Japan where he was committed to a mental institution. But due to a technicality, Sagawa could not be legally detained and was set free. Because, like, France had sent over the wrong paperwork or something? Yeah, I... Keeping went in with our tradition of mentioning other podcasts. I know My Favorite Murder did this one and explained it, and it was just, it's bullshit. <laughs> it is. It is bullshit. Last podcast also did this one, like, six years ago or something. Um. Anyway, he was set free and remains free to this day and lives on his own in Kawasaki, Japan. Cool. Glad he's on the other side of the world. Yep. And now I have a very, very super obscure one that I'm going to round it out with, and then we can be done with this. Hooray! Kevin Ray Underwood was arrested in April 2006 for the murder of 10-year-old Jamie Bolin in Purcell, Oklahoma. Although there is no evidence that Underwood actually cannibalized the body, police found meat tenderizer and barbecue skewers among the tools used to commit the murder. Underwood confessed the murder and his plans to eat Bolin's flesh. What a piece of shit. Anyway, sleep good tonight knowing that people can be hideous, hideous monsters. Uh, That's cannibalism. And I hope everyone benefited from my little history lesson in the beginning and didn't just focus in on the sensationalism that I threw in at the end. <laughs> I mean, you got to talk about the fun stuff. Well, fun. Quotation marks. Quot- you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yeah that that uh, cool episode, it's, Emily. It's a tough subject, which I, I think I knew getting into it, like I was just going to focus on the gross parts, the Dahmer, the fish. I was going to say, I'm... 103% positive that the whole point of picking this as a topic was because you wanted to gross it's me true. out on the mystery it's episode. True. <laughs> um, but then I started reading about it and I was like, okay, so people do this now and we hate it, but I know that it used to be a thing that other people back in the day did and it wasn't always gross. But thank you for bringing context to an otherwise disgusting subject. I, my search history is shot. Yeah, I, the FBI is going to break down your door any day. <sighs> there are crime scene pictures of all of the guys. No women. Like to point that out. All of the guys that I mentioned at the end. Uh, maybe don't do it unless, I don't know, if, if you want to, but... Hard pass. The Isisagawa ones bothered oh, me more no, than no, I do know of one woman cannibal. Oh. I don't know if she actually ate anyone. I can't remember her name, but she was from Australia. Oh, oh, Catherine. And she killed her husband and like skinned him um, alive. Catherine... I think it's like a Kathy or something like uh, that. Her name is just Catherine very, for sure. Like, um, very baby boomer, like just regular name. I don't know if she actually ate him, but I know there was like meat in a pot. Actually, I know Um, I can I can t- tell you about her if you'd like. I, Catherine Knight is her name. Yes. Yes. And she was a horrible, abusive Australian woman in the 90s. And I don't remember if he was her husband or just like a common law partner, but he, she abused the shit out of him. He wouldn't like give her his house uh, in his will because he wanted it for his kids. And she got mad and murdered him, skinned him, hung up the skin as like, kind of like a curtain. And then... yeah cooked him, and set out a table setting with side dishes and little name cards with his children's names on them. I don't think she ate him, but she was definitely real fucking dramatic about it. Yeah. Very, uh, very extra. And I guess there was that Italian lady who murdered people and, like, turned them into tea cakes or something. It's... I have never heard of this I'm gonna lady. do an episode about old-timey lady killers. Excellent. Um, you know... The, the bell gunnesses of the world <laughs> anyway um don't look at crime scene okay. videos no don't. all right let's let's do our wrap-ups um we are taking a short break until september 18th after this episode comes out um if you miss us we are at monster pod our other podcast yeah come listen to us if you, uh ruin emily's perfectly laid plans Uh, Uh, we're really bad with doors and, uh, I think in the last episode we committed eco-terrorism. You did. You did do that. You're no longer allowed in the state of Florida. Oh, good. Uh, for now. And you'll also get to hear Resident Canadian and the Penis Gallery... Oh, I don't know if we should clarify. I feel like they know this, but Monster Pod is our, like, actual play Monster of the Week podcast. Yeah, they didn't, like, actually commit eco-terrorism <laughs> and ruin my plans. <laughs> I was going to say, like, out of context, if you weren't sure what we were talking about, you would have no They're not, idea. like, the Dr. Robotnik to my Sonic or anything. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Um, we are on Twitter at Afternoonified. Uh, Facebook.com slash Get Afternoonified, Instagram at Afternoonified, where I will try to find some pictures to go with this. You know, maybe I'll just post some nice pictures of puppies. I think uh, I'll give you pictures of the, some of the people I talk about, and then I'll give you some pictures of, like, I don't know, kittens, <laughs> just to to put at the end, so people aren't stuck with Albert Fish's haunting, haunting mustache. Oh, he's got, Yeah. He's got an H.H. H. Holmes level mustache, doesn't he? There's room on each side for two ladies. But it doesn't <laughs> matter because he wasn't into that. <laughs> um, remember to subscribe, oh, um, rate, review, all of that fun stuff. Email us. Oh, yes. We are at um, afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com. Um, if you have any in-depth things you would like to tell us that would be too long for Twitter and too dumb for a <laughs> iTunes review, that's not fair. Actually, if it's something that like is very specific, email us about it. Don't write an iTunes review with that in it. We can't respond to you there. No. Our website, getafternoonified You can listen to old episodes. Uh, if you really need your fix, um, you can donate to our tip jar. And there's merch. You've got it. You've got I, it all covered. I, I, I'm glad you remember all of this, everybody, because I've been no doing effort. it for three years. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see you guys after the break, and we will have surprises for you. Many, many surprises of which you never heard anything of in this episode. Not even a peep. Okay, bye. Bye, we love you.